Hello, everyone, and welcome into another week of Talking Schmidt. I am joined by my good friend, George Holloway. Let's get those introductions done early. I am Ethan Schmidt, and we are bringing you another week of Talking Schmidt. Um, big week this week. Have a couple storylines to talk about. Going to talk about something I sent to George, and of course, we'll get into the questions of the week as well. Um, not a lot of people replied this week. I think it was just a bad question. You know what? It was... Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's just a bad question, and uh, I blame myself. That's who I blame. Dude, I mean, don't blame yourself. I mean, you can swing for the fences all you want, but not every time you're going to hit a home run. Uh, you know what, though? I, I feel um, I feel this time, I don't feel like I struck out. No. But I just feel like it was a, you know, a basic. It was a duck fart. Yeah. It, it kind of I mean, blooped out yeah. into, you know, I would say right field, just kind of mm -hmm. over the second baseman's head. Um, but all I could do was uh, just reach on a single, and exactly. it's uh, it, it's just it's just a hard uh, hard dose of reality that we're having to deal with this week. But we'll come back next week, better question, um, and hopefully we will uh, get some more responses. Um, again, if you guys have any questions that you think would be good for the show, uh, I do feel bad. Our guy Ronnie um, did give me a question, and I didn't use it. Because uh, I had I had already thought of well I couldn't remember what he sent me because he sent it to me like on a Thursday, um, and then I couldn't remember what he said when I when Monday came around and then actually we'll go into how I even thought of this question which has nothing to do with life hacks so there you go um, but before we get into that George and I are going to talk a little bit about uh, the playoffs going on right now uh, the big news NBA playoffs the Lakers swept and I think uh, I, I think. As many people might say, you know, obviously there's always going to be the hate for LeBron and whatnot, and so there's a lot of people who are probably happy about the Lakers being swept. Um, you still have to give credit where credit's due, man. This was a team that started the season, what, 2-10? and 10? It was a team mm -hmm. that, you know, come January, February, nobody really thought they'd make it. Uh, they get in as a 7 seed. They upset Memphis. Um, you know, they, they, they upset Golden State, the defending champs. And then they just run into uh, Jokic and company who were just too much for them. And we'll talk about that. But, uh, George, you have anything you want to add there uh, about the Lakers uh, and their, I guess, just their run to get to the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, like you said, like in January, February, not many people expected this team to even be in the playoffs. Like they weren't even in – I don't even believe they were in a play-in game spot at that point. Yeah. Now, granted, I mean, any team with LeBron and Anthony Davis on the same squad is never an underdog, in my opinion, just because, I mean, you've got two superstars in the league. I mean, I don't consider that an underdog in any sense of the, of the term. But, I mean, granted, in the position they were in, they made a really good run. They made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. And that's a season to be proud of, like, from where you came from and, like, where you started, like you said, 2-10. and 10. And, I mean, you ran into the Terminator and Nikola Jokic. Like, that dude is a hybrid – built in a lab, whatever you want to call it. I mean, in game four, he puts up another 30-point triple-double. Yeah. Like it was like it was clockwork for him the entire yeah. series. And Jamal Murray was shooting absolutely lights out the entire series. And whenever those two are clicking, the Nuggets, they're tough to beat. Get them nugs. That's what it is, right? These nugs. There it is. So you're you're right on that much. Uh, we saw Jokic do some stuff that was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think I sent something to you that said Jokic looks like just a guy who's playing basketball and flip flops at the Y. The way he just throws yeah. up shots and makes them. Um, he threw up some some just buzzer beaters 
uh, to beat not only shot clock, but end of the quarter clocks. I mean, just uh, a phenomenal performance. And he just, I mean, he set the, um, the single postseason record for triple doubles, you know, along the way in, in this series, you know, he passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, that's a, that's a huge feat. So we're seeing a guy like Jokic uh, just kind of dominate. You mentioned his numbers, uh, 34, 21, and 14 in game one, 23, 17, and 12 in game two, had 24 points in game three, 30, 14, and 13 in game four, where all of Jokic's numbers through four games on top of that, you had 31 points in Game 1 from Jamal Murray, 37 points, 10 rebounds in Game 2, which Murray was unbelievable in Game 2 and Game 3. Mm-hmm. Also had 37 points there and then had 25 in Game uh, Game 4. The thing that I saw and I think what really paid dividends for Denver was just the fact that no matter what the lead that the Lakers put on, the Nuggets were never out. And there was times, I mean, you would see, uh, you know, the end of the half stat or the end of the half score, and the Lakers had a pretty decent lead, and you thought, well, maybe this is the game where the Lakers get out of their funk and they win it. And then you turn around, and that was that was definitely the case in Game 3. Game 3, I really thought, ah, you know, this one will go to the Lakers. They'll win that first mm-hmm. one in L.A. And then Murray just puts on a show. He had it made a three for, like, the whole game, maybe made one or two, and then he ends up, making a ton. I mean, that's just awesome to see when you watch a guy like Jamal Murray um do what he did uh in this contest and 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 throughout the entire playoff series, a guy coming off a torn ACL. I mean, just what he did and what he provided for the Nuggets was absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely. And like you, you think back to 2020 in the bubble, the reason the Nuggets were able to make kind of the run they did back then was because of Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray got red hot in the bubble. He was shooting absolutely lights out. And then he tears his ACL, like the next the next season, correct? It was the torn ACL? Yeah. And then, and then he comes back, and, you know, he wasn't quite the same. Like, every, like it was kind of the talking point was like, oh, can he bounce back from his injury? Is it too too much for him? Whatever. He's proven this postseason, especially that series against the Lakers. He's still got it. He can shoot lights out. And he can run toe-to-toe with Jokic in that combo, that one-two punch per se. It's a knockout blow for blow. Yeah, absolutely. And it was great to see. Now, all credit where credit's due. LeBron in game four, 40 points. I mean, just you could tell, you know, he was playing to try to salvage everything. And and I don't think that the here's the thing. Watching the Boston-Miami series, and we'll talk about it here in a second, I know that um, when you and I uh, look at that when we were texting last night, even though Boston won that game, you could just – it almost feels like Boston just doesn't want to play. That's not how L.A. was. L.A. was trying. Denver was just – they had every answer possible. Exactly. And, like, like going back to your first point, LeBron at 38 years old, about to be 39 years old, dropping 40 points in an elimination game. I mean, what more can you say? 15 to 25 shooting, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 40 points. Like, that's an incredible stat line. And, like, the help – just wasn't enough. Like Anthony Davis posted up 21 points and 14 rebounds, but the shooting wasn't like, it wasn't great shooting. He, he, I believe he was six for 15 from the field. Like yeah. you got to have more from your inside player in that, in that circumstance. Rui Hachimura, uh, he got that start in game four, three for 12 from the field, 10 points. Dennis Schroeder only provided 13, which that's not bad for Dennis Schroeder, honestly. But, uh, and then Austin Reeves provided 17. 
and the bench was just non-existent for the Lakers. I mean, four, four, and two from from three bench players, and one being D'Angelo Russell, who was a consistent starter, only put up four points, and throughout the entire series, struggled. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that was the game plan. We we found that out after game one. They said, what was the game plan for the Nuggets? And they said, attack Russell, and it worked. And then, you know, Russell tried to make it happen. And I don't know, man. I just, I, like I said, I just feel Denver had all the answers, uh, and, and L.A. just didn't have anything to, especially when, especially when Denver got hot. And a lot of times it was in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter, you could just see the youth in, you know, this kind of like, uh, this mentality of we don't care who's against us. You know, it doesn't matter that it's LeBron. It doesn't matter that it's AD. Like we have, we have to attack. We have to be bigger, better, faster, stronger. You know, KCP had good games. Uh, Gordon had good Revenge games. You know, Gordon was out there having to guard LeBron a lot of times. So, I mean, just to kind of see what he was able to do and, and what this Nuggets team is, you know, hats off to him. On the flip side of that, Eastern Conference, we saw the first victory uh, for Boston last night. They finally get the win against uh, Jimmy Buckets. Uh, the big thing is that was a, a, almost a moment in NBA history because never have we seen both finals be a sweep in the same se- uh, same year. Um, so that was going to be huge for uh, Miami. If they would have done that, holy cow, that would have been absolutely insane. Oh, that would have been insane. And all the TV, NBA, big wigs, whatever, would have been so upset considering that, you know, both series go by so fast. And before both these series started, all we were hearing was, oh, the potential of the Lakers-Celtics historic rivalry in the finals. You didn't hear much about, you know, oh, Nuggets versus Heat. Yeah. Nobody's talking about it. That appears to be what kind of we're trending towards unless Boston pulls out an absolute miracle. But, I mean – just kind of the disrespect towards the Nuggets and the Heat before the series even started. It kind of seems like it added a little bit of fuel to that fire. You know, hearing hearing the words Boston pull out a miracle always uh, gives me a little bit of a tick. <laughs> um, uh, takes me back to 04. Uh, but anyway, with that, with that being said, yeah, I do think so. If Denver and Miami meet up or Denver and Boston meet up, I think we could see – I think you get a better chance of having a five to six to seven game series – at this point, if Miami is there, unless, like you said, unless Boston just finally snaps out of this thing where they're talking about next season, they're talking about contracts, they're doing that. If that doesn't happen, if Boston, I mean, obviously, if they make it there, that's how we're going to see it. But honestly, the way Denver is playing, and I know, obviously, Miami is being, they're very gritty. That's what kind of team they are. A lot of their players who are scoring big time for them are guys who were undrafted. Guys like Duncan Robinson out there making plays. You remember him in his Michigan days, baby. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, watching this team play, watching Denver play, Man, I I don't think I think whoever's going to go there is just being uh, kind of uh, offered um, on on a plate to Denver. I mean, it, it reminds me honestly. It reminds me of when the Nets took on the Lakers, and Kobe and Shaq just destroyed Jason Kidd. Like it's just almost like who's going to make it out of the East to get feasted on, and that's what I'm saying. I don't know if you agree with me. If you think it's the same, if you think it'd be a good series with either team, please throw in a perspective. But I think it's just. Who who's Denver going to lose to at this point? Absolutely. Or who's no, Denver like, going to beat? Who's going to lose yeah, to yeah, Denver yeah. is what I meant. Right, right. And like, I mean, Denver has just looked so strong and so dominant throughout the course of this playoffs. 
And like you saw it again in that series against LA, like they just, they just literally slammed the door before it was even open per se. And so the team from the East that makes it out, whether it be the heat or the Celtics, they're going to have their hands full and they're going to have to play grade a basketball. The entire course of the series, if they want to get to game five, six, seven, whatever it may be. And for for viewership's sake, like, I mean, of course, I hope, like, whoever makes it out of the East, I hope it's a great series. I hope it goes all seven games and it's triple overtime and the winner, and the, then you find a winner that way. That That's what I hope from a viewership standpoint. But just looking at how dominant the Nuggets have been and they're going to get, good Lord, the first game, even if, say, the Heat close it out tomorrow night, the first game won't be until next Thursday. Yeah. So they get entire week, like, week plus of rest. Yeah. And, I mean, some argue, you know, momentum, big thing. Like, they might not want that. But, I mean, I, I think any bit of rest to get your team fully healthy going into the finals, I mean, I think that's a good thing. So, that's that gives Denver yet another upper hand. Yeah, because, I mean, they, like I said, it was third and fourth quarters that really won those games. So, mm-hmm. a lot of tired legs. And now Denver is going to have the opportunity to just kind of sit back, watch what happens, uh, see if Boston can't pull out another one. And again, every game that Boston wins at this point is just going to hurt whoever comes out of the East. That's the that's the only answer at this point. Any game that we see Boston win hurts either Miami if they're the team that ends up making it because they're going to have less days of rest, or it's going to hurt Boston if they have to force it all the way to a game seven and come out victorious because that's going to push you up until what, next Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Because it'd be Saturday and then mo- Monday. So I guess next Wednesday, right? Is that what it'd be if it has to go game seven? Or am I uh, off on my math if, here? If they have to go game seven, it would be uh, Monday, May 29th. Wow. That would be game seven, if necessary, of course. So, like, big time frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> A weird window there for mm-hmm. uh, for Denver. Now, going into the NHL, I don't know. Have you been watching enough of the NHL? It's been wild. It's been a really wild uh, finals for both. Uh, I know if you're watching basketball, you're probably not watching it. Um, I know you probably didn't finish game one of Florida versus Carolina, and I can tell you that because it went to four OTs. was the sixth longest game in NHL history, so I know you didn't watch that. But yes. have you been keeping an eye on it? Have you seen what's going I'm, on? It's pretty much the same situation was, as the uh, NBA took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to say, literally, it's the NBA painted on ice. Yeah. And so, I mean, Vegas is up three games to none. On yep. Dallas Stars, Florida's up three games to none on Carolina, and they yep. have the lead after the first period right now. Yeah. Florida's up two to one at the at the first intermission. And so, I mean, it's it's been like literally the same story as the NBA and the, uh, in the circumstance with Florida kind of playing the role of the Miami Heat and pulling – Potentially one a huge upset and a huge they got a huge 3-0 lead right now. And then Vegas, like, you know, Vegas was the higher seed than Dallas, correct? Uh yes. no, I thought I thought Dallas was. Am I wrong was on this really? one? It could have been. Uh, Vegas was the Vegas was the higher seed. Okay. Yes, okay. Vegas was the higher seed. So I mean, it's literally like Miami as the Florida Florida Panthers as the Miami Heat and the Vegas Golden Knights as the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, absolutely. That's, kind of what that, we're that's exactly what we're seeing right and, now. And I mean, it's been good, good games. I mean, for the most part, from what I've seen, like if you, if you love a good underdog story, you love the story of the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. Like they knock off the Boston Bruins in the first round. The, like we talked about last week, 
the most historic regular season in NHL history, just gone in a snap of a finger. And now, I mean, they've worked their way all the way into, the, into their conference finals, and they have a 3-0 lead and a lead after the first intermission in game four. So some great storylines coming out of the NHL if you're a hockey hockey buff. Absolutely. I've been, I mean, it's been, it's been fun to watch it. I I think I've just kind of challenged myself to get, you know, I, last week I went on this long tirade of, um, you know, I don't, I don't really watch NBA, blah, blah. And then I watched game two of the, I watched game one towards the end of it. I didn't finish it, uh, for the nuggets versus Lakers. And then I watched game two and it was probably one of the most compelling games I'd seen in a long time. You started to see more, um, more need for defense. We saw Denver really step it up because they trailed at one point and really came back in the third quarter. Uh, and then in game three, same concept. Game four got pretty wild um, in, in the same concept. I mean, just, you know, Denver trailing and coming back each time was just really crazy to see. So I, I got kind of hooked back into it watching those games because I was like, man, that's, you know, that's some pretty good action that we're seeing on the court. You know, normally you don't get to see that really until the finals. I mean, a lot of times it's not like this until the finals, and then we've seen it a little bit here. Um, as for the NHL, they've had some pretty good games. I, I think this uh, Florida-Carolina series is uh, – we're seeing a lot of just uh, – um, a lot of frustration, I feel, from Carolina coming out on the court – where Florida is kind of taking advantage of that as well. And then Vegas, like, like you mentioned, I mean, Vegas is, they just won game three, three, uh, it was four nil, or I guess not four nil before zero, because we're not yeah. talking soccer, but, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, but again, we, we saw that four Oh victory in game, in game three. So, I mean, they're just kind of, you know, the first two games, both went to overtime a little bit closer, obviously. And that actually only win by, you know, a goal at that point, but, Man, crazy to think just what we're seeing from, you know, kind of these series. And, you know, like I said, I, I think this Carolina-Florida series has got a lot of attention because of the history that Florida pretty much denied pulling the old New York Giants of uh, of, of uh, Eli Manning era, if you will, of, of football, if you think of it that way. But, yeah, just really great action going on and really great play. So uh, if you haven't been watching the NHL, jump in. Some really good series. Again, um, Probably at this point, I mean, I would say Vegas versus Florida is what we're going to see. I mean, that's kind of what we we talked about last week. That's what we were hoping for um, because we don't like the Dallas Stars because of what they did to the state of Minnesota, you know, Uh, what we have nothing to say and do with. But, yeah, whatever. Um, But, yeah, it would be cool to see Vegas get a chance to get back there. And, And then, again, the historic season that we're seeing from Florida, either one of those teams, I would root for. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't really matter there. Um, Hold on one second. There we go. We had a we had a little bit of a malfunction here with uh, a scout stepping on my court here. So she's trying to be a part of it. Um, she's trying to be a part of the podcast here. Wants me to. Um, we got her a a pickle. Nice. And she wants she wants that to be on the show. So that's what's going on right now. For all of you who can't see anything, which is everybody listening to this, uh, other than George who can see it, he got to see the pickle that is scouts. So. So yeah, we're not. This is not a sponsorship for BarkBox, but we do have BarkBox, um, and she has a pickle from it. Uh, with that being said, George, I sent you a graphic not too long ago, and on this graphic, it mentioned four college football teams. Mm-hmm. It was the '01 Miami Hurricanes, the '05 Texas Longhorns, 
the 08 Florida Gators, and the 2013 Florida State Seminoles. These are four of the best teams ever assembled uh, in the history of college football. I would argue, and and I'll go into this a little bit more, I'm going to tell you who I would remove from this and who I would add, but I do think that there is, uh, I think that there is, I think you could mention a lot of Alabama teams could replace any yes. any of these teams, I think some of the Clemson teams, uh, you know, even a Trevor Lawrence Clemson team or a Deshaun Watson Clemson team could replace one of these teams in here. But historically, when you think of it, the 01 Miami Hurricanes, a lot of people have said this is the greatest team ever assembled. Uh, so I agree with them being in there. Texas, the Texas Longhorns of 05 um, were kind of the the recreation of college football um they took down you know they took down what some people would say um may have been the greatest you know one of the greatest offenses ever assembled in usc during the time you definitely had Mm -hmm. one of the greatest uh ncaa football players of all time in reggie bush i I don't i think there's a lot of people who would say that he is the greatest i am one of those people who would say reggie bush was definitely the greatest that i ever saw play college football Uh, give him his heisman back Agree. I will say it too, um, especially with NLI deals and everything else that's going on right now, or NIL deals. At this point, you know, you pretty much just gave like he would have been getting Reggie Bush would have got so much money to play at USC, which obviously a lot of you who are listening to this are saying, "Well, he did." Well, yeah, he did. However, <laughs> now it's all legal. So how do you mm-hmm. just not give the man his Heisman back? But whatever. That's that's a time for another debate on another uh, another time. Um, but again, two thousand one Hurricanes. One of the greatest to ever be assembled. A lot of people say it is. 05 Texas Longhorns were absolutely phenomenal with Vince Young. The 2008 uh, Florida Gators with Tim Tebow, one of the just uh, best put together. Uh, well, I want to say best put together, but not really. Um, had a lot of had a lot of craziness come from that team uh, when it, when it, after they left school. We all know that. We'll yeah. talk about that when we get there. And then the 2013 Florida State Seminoles were very very good. Now. I would say in this, if we're doing almost a, I guess, a uh, a bracket, if this is college football playoffs, I would probably go 01 Hurricanes versus 05, okay, for the Texas Longhorns that are closest in eras of football, and then 08 versus 13, obviously, because they're there. Now, I would say this much, though. I would remove Florida State, and I would put in the 2019 LSU Tigers. What do you think? Literally, we're on the same wavelength, and we have same wavelength. That's we where we're at right now. This because, like, the 2013 Florida State Seminoles, I just have, I guess, a, pers- a personal vendetta against them for no reason. But they're there. Well, I wouldn't say no reason. There's a slight reason, but it's only a reason because my inner and outward fat man is quaking over this. Jameis Winston stole some crab legs, dude, and like, yeah. man. As a man who is a connoisseur of seafood and crab legs, having to pay market value for crab legs is outrageous, and it always makes my bank account very sad. And so, just to just for him to steal them after like no reason, dislike him, dude. I just don't like it because like you're about to go to the NFL, you're getting a bag. Yeah, just just pay the money for the crab legs, man. So that's and your like, reason. That's, that's your reason to hate that, Florida that's State. That's my reason. Like okay. I've I've never like like I've never been a fan of Florida State by any means, of course, because right. Go but um, that that's just one of the things that I'm like, man, that guy stole some crap. Like James Winston, 
I just not a fan. Not, not a fan. fan. I don't like it. And and to take to your to your point, like replacing them with the 2019 LSU Tigers was the first team that popped into my head as well. Whenever we talked about the possibility of replacing them, yeah. was because, I mean, you led the number one offense in the history of college football. You had Joe Brrr under center, and you also had, I mean, Terrence Marshall, Justin Jefferson, like though just name after name after name on the offensive side of the ball, and. It just – it was unbelievable to watch. Like, just for them to, sh- to show the utmost dominance that they did and just literally just beat the crap out of everyone that they played. Yeah. It, it was special to watch. And I don't know if – I don't even know if the defense of the Miami Hurricanes of 01 could have stopped that – could have stopped that LSU offense. So, if we're doing a play-in game, we would do 2013 Florida State, 2019 LSU Tigers. The yeah, difference – the Tigers every day of the week. The difference here – it's not much, actually. Florida State in 2013 actually finished 14 and 0. Uh, they ended up beating Auburn 34 31 in the national championship. Great national championship game, by the way. Head coach was Jimbo Fisher in his fourth year. Um, during that season, Florida State outscored opponents 723 to 170. That's good. That was crazy. Uh, they beat uh, five ranked opponents during the year. Including Maryland, they beat them sixty-three nothing. Maryland was ranked twenty-fifth at the time. Clemson, who was ranked third, they beat them fifty-one fourteen. Miami was ranked seventh at the time that they faced off, uh, and of course uh, that was a forty-one fourteen victory for Florida State. Duke was ranked twentieth when they played them in the ACC championship. They beat them forty-five-seven, and then of course number two ranked Auburn Tigers were at thirty or were ranked number two. They won thirty-four thirty-one. Uh, there were 10 All-Americans. I don't think those were all first-teamers. Uh, I think it was about five first-teamers. But, of course, this is a team that featured Jameis Winston, who won the Heisman, Walter Camp, Davey O'Brien Award, AP Player of the Year. Uh, and the running backs, they had Devonta Freeman and Carlos Williams. At wide receiver, they had Kelvin Benjamin. On their offensive line, they had Cameron Irving. Defensively, they had Mario Edwards Jr., LaMarcus Joyner, Jalen Ramsey, P.J. Williams. So a fairly fairly talented team. There's obviously other players who uh, could have been mentioned in there who were, you know, a little bit better, but I looked – or not a little bit better. These were the best players on those teams uh, mm-hmm. for certain. But um, looking at it, um, you des- definitely have to look at it and see – you know, what type of team was put together. And and I'm looking at that, and I thought those were kind of the best players. On the flip side of that, when you look at the 2019 LSU Tigers, they go 15-0. and um, They end up beating Clemson in the national championship game 45-25, and they were the second undefeated team ever in the college football playoff system. So that was only twice in the history of, of the CFP where we've seen that. Ed Orgeron was the head coach. Obviously, he was in his third season. Um... They outscored opponents 726 to 328. They beat the ninth-ranked Texas Longhorns 45-38, seventh-ranked Florida Gators 42-28. Their closest game of the season was the 23-20 game against then-ranked ninth Auburn. Uh, Alabama, when they were third-ranked in the country, LSU won 46-41. Again, that's featuring Nick Saban. Uh, Jimbo never beat anybody named Nick Saban. Um, Georgia was ranked fourth and that was their last regular game of the season. They won that 37 to 10. Uh, they beat Oklahoma in the peach bowl that year, 63, 28. I believe that's the, was that, that was a Kyler Murray, correct? Mm -hmm. That was a Kyler Murray led, uh, Oklahoma team. 
Uh, and then Clemson was the national championship again. They were ranked third at that time, 42 and 25, had five All-Americans. Um, but this is where I think you see LSU and you realize that they absolutely would just roll through Florida State. That year, Joe Joe Burrow won the Heisman, the Maxwell, Walter Camp, AP, Davey O'Brien. You got a question? Wasn't 2019 Jalen Hurts? Was Jalen Hurts 2019? I think he was Because Baker would have been, what, 17? 17, 18, 19 would have been the three years of quarterbacks that they had, correct? I think. So it could have been it could have been Jalen instead of Jalen Hurts. Instead of Kyler. Um regardless. No, you're good. (laughs) Joe Burrow ended up going five thousand six hundred and seventy one passing yards with sixty passing touchdowns, three hundred and sixty eight rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns. Nobody Jameis Winston did not even have close to those numbers. Again, league has changed a lot uh, mm-hmm. from those two teams. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, though, this is somewhere where you got to add into it. 1,414 rushing yards, 17 rushing touchdowns. You add in Justin Jefferson, who went 1,540 receiving yards and 18 receiving touchdowns. The Blitnikoff Award winner that year, Jamar Chase, who goes 1,780 receiving yards, 20 touchdowns. You add in Randy Moss's son, Thaddeus, who goes 570 yards, four touchdowns. You have an offensive line that features a few future NFL guys, Cushenberry, uh, Damian Lewis. Defensively, though, I think this is, again, where you still give the nod to LSU. You had guys like Patrick Queen, uh, Christian Fulton, Clavion Chasen, Derek Stingley, uh, Stingley Jr. So you had a better LSU team. I would say if you make that a play-in game, LSU, not only do they beat Florida State, but they they probably blank Florida State. I think it's very possible. Like all those names you've read off, like there were some certain certain names that, of course, jumped off the page, like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow. But I mean, they're solid NFL caliber and NFL starters to, um, today and in, in present time yeah. on that team. And so I, I agree with you. Like even though that Florida State team was a phenomenal team, of, of course, I just don't think they could keep up with the offense of the 2019 LSU Tigers. And so yeah. I agree with you. I think LSU wins that play in game and. They honestly could 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 take over the top spot. Yeah, so I would say I would say LSU, um, pretty much in every category. I, I think Joe Burrow is the better quarterback. Um, I think you have a better running back. I think you have better receivers. Uh, I think you have a better offensive line. I think you have better defense. Uh, I do. I mean, granted, you know, you do have one of the best defensive backs and Jalen Ramsey on that Florida State team, but. Uh, and again, their secondary is very good. LaMarcus Joyner, Jalen Ramsey, PJ Williams, but I just don't see them being able to match up against Jamar Chase. And because uh, we're, I mean, we've kind of seen that already in 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 the league with Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase, and Jalen Ramsey and Justin Jefferson. And so you got to think with with Joe Burrow throwing there, and he's just picking apart a part of defense. I, I don't know how Florida State does against him. I, I think I think that's a uh, twenty plus point victory for. LSU in 2019 over that 2013 Florida State team. So if you're a Florida State fan, you probably don't like this session of it. Um, so on the other side of that, we would have, uh, like I said, we would go Texas versus uh, Miami. Uh, the Hurricanes team, which I think would have, at this point in my opinion, um, I mean, I think this would be your, I guess you would want to do one. I mean, if you want to say Florida is the force, you really would probably be Miami versus Florida on this Mm -hmm. instead of Miami, Texas. But since we're doing it that way, um, the 2001 Miami hurricanes went 12 and 0. Mm -hmm. They were left out of the national championship the year before. 
um, because back then it was the computer that decided who was going where. It was no, it was not the committee. It wasn't any of that. It wasn't, uh, you know, looking at final schedules, blah, blah, blah. It was literally a computer and they would type in everything and then say, who's our national championship game. Well, that year it just happened to be the Miami hurricanes taking on the Nebraska Cornhuskers in what was probably the, I mean, if you want to talk about red for Nebraska, it was the bloodshed on the field that night of the, mm-hmm. of the, uh, Cornhuskers that were offered up as tribute uh, to the Miami Hurricanes that year. Nebraska won, thir- or excuse me, Miami won 37-14 in the national championship. It was the Rose Bowl that year. Um, it was first-year head coach Larry Coker as well. He had just replaced Butch Davis. Um, so that's who came in. It was his first season. He wins the national championship. Uh, they were not as, uh, again, a, a much different era of football, and we'll go through that as well. But you had... Um, them outscoring opponents 512 to 117, which was very good at that time. Uh, this was the, um, they had the NCAA record for scoring against back to back ranked opponents. They played Syracuse and Washington in back to back weeks and they outscored them 124 to seven. These are ranked opponents. Oh. Um, and then, of course, they, this team set all of their school scoring records uh, during that time. Uh, during that season, they beat, 13th ranked Florida State 49-27. They blanked 15th ranked Syracuse 59-0. Washington, who had beat them the year before and kept them out of the national championship, they beat them 65 to 7 a year later. Uh, number 14, Virginia Tech was their closest game. I believe that was the ACC championship game that year, but they won 26-24 in that one. And then of course they beat number four ranked Nebraska 37-14, who had no business at all being in the national championship. And I think they were just holding on to the, uh, the BCS championship. I think they, when they were typing in the head coach, they didn't type in that Frank Solich was the head coach. I think they typed in Tom Osborne in the, in the machine went, Oh, Tom's back. And that's not what happened. So, uh, that's how Nebraska snuck in. If you want my opinion, six, all Americans on this team, uh, the Maxwell award winner in Ken Dorsey, uh, Outland Trophy winner was Bryant McKinney. So not a lot of awards came from this team, but it's going to be crazy to hear who was on this. Ken Dorsey that season, 2,652 passing yards, 23 passing touchdowns. Um, he ended up being third in the Heisman ranking that year. In the backfield, you had Willis McGahee, who wasn't a starter. He was a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Clinton Portis, who was your starter. Frank Gore, who was on that team, and then Najee Davenport was also on that team. These are four running backs that they had that they could use at any time. Clinton Portis went for 1,200 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. Frank Gore went 562 with five. Willis McGahee went 314 with three in one season. This is your running back. Um, just that's your That's your backfield. You had Andre Johnson to throw to. He went 37 catches, 682 yards, 10 total touchdowns. You had Kellen Winslow Jr. as one of your tight ends, but you also had the man Jeremy Shockey, if you remember the old shock doctor there. 40 catches, 519 yards, 7 touchdowns for him. Offensive line, Bryant McKinney, Vernon Vernon Carey, Carlos Joseph. On the defense, though, this is where it gets – this is where it's gold gold jacket central, okay? On trail roll. Sean Taylor, Vince yeah. Wilfork, William Joseph, who finished the season with 10 sacks, Ed Reed, who had nine interceptions and two defensive touchdowns, DJ Williams, and Jonathan Vilma, all on that defense 
for this Miami Hurricanes team. Probably one of the most, like that might be the murderer's row, if you will, of a defense that we've seen in our lifetime. Were you alive back then? Absolutely. Actually, I need to ask that question. I was, I was two. You were two, so you don't even remember this game. I was two. I remember no, the bloodshed. I, I remember the corn <laughs> crying. That's what I remember. I remember uh, remember the Cornhusker fans just making, wondering why they made the trip to L.A. Literally, they, they, they <laughs> I remember, I'll never forget this. It's one of, a, one of the images I can always remember from football. There was this father and son at the game in the Rose Bowl, and they're sitting there. And there's just a sea of orange and green all around them. And they're just kind of standing there and they're just looking around like, why are we here? Yeah. What brought us to this game? And I, right. I'll i never forget it. Um, we would pair them off against the Texas Longhorns of 05, okay? Who went 13-0, and won the national championship in the Rose Bowl that year as well. So two Rose Bowl champions taking each other mm -hmm. on. They beat USC 41-38. At that mm -hmm. time, Texas was not the number one team in the nation when they won, by the way. USC mm -hmm. was. Uh, they had the the benefit of being the, um, obviously, defending champs, so they had that uh, kind of welcoming behind them. Four mm -hmm. All-Americans on this Texas team, Mac Brown in his eighth season. I feel like this might be the only advantage, really, that Texas had was just you mm -hmm. have the experience of Mac Brown. Uh, right. They did outscore opponents during that season, 624 to 213. Beat Ohio State that year, 25-22, when they were fourth in the country. Beat Colorado when they were 24th in the country, 42-17. They beat Texas mm -hmm. Tech, who was 10th at that time, 52-17. Then, of course, beat USC, who was ranked number one. Um, mm -hmm. This was a crazy stat. Big 12 championship game that year. They played Colorado, won 70-3. Oh. Yeah. That's a 67-point win. That's a blowout in the championship game. <laughs> uh, Vince Young that year was the Davey O'Brien and Heisman Trophy winner. He was also the first player in NCAA Division One, or at that time 1AA, if you will, who uh, rushed for over 1,000 yards and passed for over 2,500. Uh, he went 3,036 passing yards, 1,050 rushing yards. His offense featured Selvin Young. I don't even know if you know that name. You do know Jamal Charles. I'm sure I you know that yes. name. Um, he had not really any big name receivers to throw to Jordan Shipley was there, but he was a freshman. He kind of got a little bit more with Colt McCoy. That was kind of Colt McCoy's guy. Colt McCoy was a backup on this team as yeah, well. He was a freshman way. that year, yeah, right? True freshman, him and Jordan Shipley. Um, they were roommates and then they ended up kind of being the, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson, if you will, of Texas football. Mm -hmm. Um, he did have a tight end named David Thomas, not to be confused uh, with the guy who owns Wendy's. Um, yeah. Or created Wendy's offensive line. They had Will Allen and Justin Blaylock on defense. They had Aaron Harris, Cedric Griffin, uh, Cedric Griffin, Michael Huff, who was a Jim Thorpe winner, and Michael Griffin, who was another Tennessee Titan, by the way. And um, you had two Tennessee Titans on that team. Looking at those two resumes, I still have to go with Miami. I don't think uh, I think Vince Young has a good game again. Really, and I want to say this, and it's not just because I'm a fan of USC. If Reggie Bush never tries to throw the ball backwards to his fullback that was trying to run up the field and block, USC wins that game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, like, just the comparison of the two teams, like we talked about, it's murderer's row on defense for the Miami Hurricanes. And, like, Vince Young, he's going to get his. He's probably going to run around a little bit, get some rushing yards, maybe a rushing touchdown, things like that. But, I mean – with the limited weapons at receivers that a receiver that he has, and then like, you know, the, the DBs that 
Miami had. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a recipe for disaster. Well, and so, it's DBs that would stick their nose in. They're not like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we, I mentioned nine no soft coverage. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like no if, if they're trying to run the ball and VY is going to continue to run or whatever it is, Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, Antral roll. Those guys are going to come up and they're going to meet them. It's not going they're to knock be their a, head off. Yeah. They, they don't care who you, if you can't throw to somebody, they're going to exploit that by stepping into the box and being that, you know, ninth guy, you know, and loading mm-hmm. the box as much as they possibly can. So I just, I, again, I think the 05 Texas Longhorns team, amazing team. Uh, but if you're pairing them up against the 01 Miami Hurricanes, I think that one's over with. Um, the last team to talk about in this would be the Florida Gators of 2008, um, a, a Tim Tebow led team. 13 and one on the season, though. The one team that is, uh, had one loss, they lost to Ole Miss. Is is this this is the same year where Tebow had that very emotional speech, correct? Yeah. Where he was like, I promise I'll never we won't lose another game. We'll fight, we'll work harder, all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, this yeah, is the yeah. one. I think this was the uh Philippians four three. Four thirteen. Four thirteen. Yeah, four thirteen, and then the John mm-hmm. three sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was the I think this was this year because yeah. everybody else was writing their um like area codes and stuff and drawing on their eye black. And he said, well, can I put a Bible verse? And mm-hmm. it's a, it's a very, I mean, it's a very bone chilling goosebump worthy speech when you hear him mm-hmm. speaking about it. Uh, because after the game where he went war Philippians four thirteen, it was the most Googled thing yeah. in the world or mm-hmm. whatever it was in, in, in the country. So, I mean, just, you know, it, that was a, a, you know, that was a very big moment in college football. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and it was very big in, in Tim's career. But again, national championship team, even though they went 13-1, 7-1 the SEC, they won that national championship game 24-14 over Oklahoma. You had Urban Meyer, who was in his fourth season. I think this is the strongest coaching staff that we have assembled because they also had Dan, Dan Mullen. Yeah. yeah, and Charlie Strong was defensive coordinator. Two guys well, that yeah. going on to be head coaches. and was, Charlie yeah. Strong just kind of went into oblivion. Yeah. Like yeah, he got yeah. the Louisville job, right? And then he went to like USF or something. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just kind of just gone. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> but again, those are. I mean, I would say this is the strongest coaching staff you have. Even Urban oh, yeah. Meyer, as creepy as he is. Uh, again, they lost creepy. Ole Miss thirty-one thirty. However, they outscored opponents six eleven to one eighty-one. Um, had uh, six thousand two hundred thirty-one total yards of offense that year. They beat LSU when they were when LSU was ranked number three, 51 21, beat Georgia when they were ranked eighth, 49 to 10, beat South Carolina, who was ranked 24th at the time, 56 to 6. Uh, they beat FSU 45 to 15 that year when they were 23rd, beat Bama in the SEC championship game when Bama was ranked number one. And a lot of people thought Bama would be playing for the national title that year. Uh, mm-hmm. They beat them 31 to 20. And then um if I'm not mistaken, that's the year. No, it's not. Never mind. I was going to say something, but it's not right. Uh, and then Oklahoma uh, in the national championship, Oklahoma was ranked number two, and they won that game 24-14. There weren't a lot of close games either, other than the loss to Ole Miss, where they mm-hmm. lost by a point. There weren't many close games and victories for that team. Tebow goes Heisman, Maxwell as well, 2,746 passing yards, 673 rushing yards. Uh, 42 total touchdowns. You had Percy Harvin on that team um, who went over about 1,300 yards total offense, um, 17 touchdowns. You also had Riley Cooper on that team who added in uh, a little bit there. 
Um, not the best human being. And then speaking not a of good not, person. not good, <laughs> not good persons. Uh, they also had Aaron Hernandez <laughs> on that team who uh, was, I mean, obviously the season was what got him drafted by the Patriots and why he was, yeah. you know, such a big and important part of that. And that Patriots program. And the reason why was really the season. Um, but you also had probably two of the best offense alignment that I'm mentioning on this list as well. Cause you had mm-hmm. the Ponzi brothers. They were together yep. on that team. So you had two really, really good offense alignment uh, defensively. You had Carlos Dunlap. You had Brandon spikes, um, who was a uh, All-American that year. You had Joe Hayden. You had Janoris Jenkins. So you have a really good team. However, the 2019 LSU Tigers probably run rough shot. I, I agree with that. Like like this, that Florida team, like after that Ole Miss game and the enthralled speech from Tim Tebow, they did seem to just kind of flip that switch. And they, I mean, they backed up what their talk. Like they, Tim Tebow promised they wouldn't lose again, and they didn't. Yeah. Like they, they just went on that magical run and and they end up winning a national championship. And like the names that you mentioned, like Aaron Hernandez, Percy Harvin, Tim Tebow, of course, like that's a stellar offensive core right there. But I mean, in hindsight, it doesn't even necessarily compare to Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, just a Clyde Edwards Alaire, like three, four names like that. That's just that, that are three players, three of those players that are on pace. To be to be wearing a gold jacket right now. Yeah. Like like that that's just kind of the comparison. And so I, I agree with you in, in that way where I think the 2019 LSU Tigers would honestly probably just it'd be it'd be a quick race, like a race to 60. Like and, and I think LSU would win that. Yeah. Um I think uh, as much as I I I, I don't know. I don't know if the LSU 2019 LSU, obviously the way that the rule books are written now, um, I don't know if LSU, if it was the 2001 era, if that's what we were looking at, and you're kind of playing by rules of the 2001 NCAA and of football in general, I don't know if the receivers would be as good as they were Mm -hmm. um, because of... Just uh, there wasn't a lot of protection for receivers. I don't know how guys like Jamar Chase and um, Justin Jefferson would match up against, you know, Sean Taylor and Antrell Roll and Ed Reed, who are looking to take your head off. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Thaddeus Moss during that season, I mean, he's a big body dude. Uh, I think he would be all right. And, you know, he's from that, you know, he's from the Moss family tree. So Mm -hmm. um, I I think if those teams match up, it's going to come down to the fact of, can LSU's defense stop the run game and a three-headed, almost four-headed monster that came out of the backfield for him? Um, I don't think I don't think Ken Dorsey's a factor uh, in this game. Um, I, I think Ken Dorsey gets picked apart by the pretty decent secondary that LSU had at that time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those those are some pretty talented guys in that secondary. Um, I, I think the linebackers like Patrick Queen, um, guys like that. Uh, Chasen as well. Those are guys who would, this would be moments where they wish they probably could have played football during this era, you know, and it can go up <laughs> against running backs like this. So I, I, I think quarterback wise, you give the upper hand, obviously to LSU. Um, I think running back wise, it goes, it goes to Miami. I mean, you have three that you can rotate. You really just had Clyde Edwards Hilaire receiver wise. You go with, uh, I think you go with, um, 
obviously you have to go, even though you had Andre Johnson, who, you know, is a Hall of Famer, uh, you have to go with obviously what the future is going to bring. Um, cause if Jettis and I mean, if, if Ed or, you know, if one of those guys misses, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, uh, that's going to be to the house with those guys, um, with Chase and, 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 and Justin Jefferson. So receivers have to go there. Tight ends. I would go with Miami offensive line. Uh, I think is pretty even, uh, between those mm-hmm. two teams. Uh, defensive line probably goes to Miami linebackers probably goes to Miami secondary probably goes to Miami. Um, so defensively, I think you have to say that Miami has it, but again, I don't know if Dorsey can get around and and do what they do. I think Joe Burrow would find a way still, Uh, I know defense wins championships, but I don't know, man. I think you have a really, really talented, uh, uh, LSU team that could put up points and numbers. Defense wins championships, but that saying died before the 2010s. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you you don't <laughs> always see, I mean, amazing defenses like we've had, and um, I think this year, I think, I think really in football with the emergence of Patrick Mahomes has really changed that as well, you know, um, because like, obviously we this past Super Bowl we saw that the Eagles were the best defense, and you know. Kansas City still wins it. You know, Mahomes is part of that reason. You have these talented offenses that can just put up numbers. So I don't know. I think as much as I, you know, as much as I'd probably be a guy who would, you know, you know, want to say, oh, the Hurricanes, I do think that that LSU team, there's no one that's going to be able to duplicate what they did in one season. I absolutely agree. And like, I I feel like that, that just the historic nature of that LSU team. Like, that's just one that you have to put your respect on. And, like, you can argue left and right, like, it's two diff- completely different eras of football. It is, yeah. Like, in the nine, or in the, excuse me, in the early 2000s, smash mouth, we're going to knock your head off. It doesn't really, the quarterback doesn't necessarily, I mean, of course, the quarterback plays a vital role, but it wasn't make or break the way that it is now. Like, the entire game is shifted to that passing offense, air raid attack, whatever you want to call it. And if you don't have an elite quarterback, it's going to be hard to win. I mean, look at the Tennessee Titans. Like, <laughs> Titans have a really good defense. Yeah. One of the best running backs, in my opinion, the best running back in the league. But quarterback receiver, that's where they kind of lack. Yeah. And that's why the Titans lose the division to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And, so, that's, and that's why they lost to the Bengals when they were a uh, top seed. One seed. And so that quarterback in today's game is just – it's the most important position, the most vital position, and it's what keeps the offense clicking, going, whatever you want to say. And so I just feel that that LSU team from 2019 just has too much firepower regardless of who's on the defensive side of the ball and the opposition. Absolutely. And, again, we uh, uh, this was just something that I saw um, that I sent to George and I really wanted to look at and, and compare some of those teams. Again, uh, for any of you Knowles fans out there, you know, Got a. Right. I, I would say I would say that they're not as good of a team as uh, LSU uh, in in 2019. I just that it just it isn't. Um, and so I would say that I would want to replace them in this conversation with that 2019 LSU team. And then I think LSU's 2019 team would just be uh, hard for any team to match up with. And again, like George said, this, uh, you know, it's hypothetical. It's different eras of football. It's not the same era. I mean, this is just, you know, it's, it's just a hypothetical two guys chatting about 
uh, you know, some football talk here because, you know, we're, we're still a few months away from football and I miss it, but regardless of that, um, there's only so much I can say about NBA and NHL, right? You know, sometimes we got to get in there and baseball's still not heated up yet. We're still in May. Baseball's great. It's not heated (laughs) up yet though. We haven't hit the all-star break yet. So nobody's been traded. We haven't seen anything like that. Um, so baseball hasn't even heated up yet. Uh, and the real, they're still lukewarm at this point. It's, it's like, ah, whatever. Let's add a little bit more hot water. Just, just a smidge, just a tiny little drop. 162 (laughs) games, man. It's a lot of games. Um, regardless, with that being said, let's move into our question of the week. We really didn't have, um, much response to it, which is sad because I felt we're in, I feel like we're in a generation of people who want life hacks, right? Like work smarter, not harder. And I I felt that's where we were. So I Mm -hmm. thought, man, I'm going to learn some things. I was fired. I was fired up to learn things, George. That's Mm -hmm. what I wanted. I wanted to learn things. Now, how this happened was, uh, I watched a video that technically, uh, Nintendo didn't actually want to make uh, Super Mario. Uh, they don't want to make Mario as a character. They were actually the original Mario game was going to be uh, Popeye versus Brutus trying to say uh, save olive oil. Uh, that turned into Mario against Donkey Kong trying to save not Princess Peach. I believe her name was Coral. Uh, yeah. So that's where this all started at. And then I was like, God, oh, that'd be a good question of like a life hack. Um, but maybe I should have said, what was something interesting that you've learned later in life? And maybe that should have been the question. That's not what I said, though. So um, shame on me. I was asking about life hacks. Uh, George, do you have a life hack? Do you, have you have you learned a life hack? Do you have one that you want to share to make me more knowledgeable? I mean, there's like, I'm trying to think, because like, there are some things that like have made my life. This is the worst question I've ever picked. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, this, just, yeah. This is, you this just hate hard. me. It's okay. Just uh, hate me. I mean, yeah. Like I've heard like, and some of the things like life hacks, like, you know, I'm still like a 20, 24 year old man who lives by himself and barely functions in society. And so some of these life hacks, I haven't even gotten a chance to implement. Like I've heard people say like putting ice cubes, like in like a dryer will help like take wrinkles out of clothes. Yeah. I don't correct. care to do that. I'm not going to try that, but I mean, I think it's cool. Or you can like, put a right. wet washcloth in there with, or like a damp washcloth. See, that's one I didn't know. And I mean, like being a teacher and things like that, I'm going to be wearing a lot, a lot of nice dress clothes. So, I mean, yeah. I think that will be something that I implement in the future. But I mean, just like right now, like, like I said, I'm barely functioning in society as is, like, let alone like using real world life hacks. Um, a steamer will be your best friend, by the way. Okay, get I don't steamer. Those. Get a sure steamer. Um, they're not too bad. We have a pretty nice one. Um, See, whenever someone says, oh, it's not too bad, that scares me. I think it's like the 30, 40 range. Oh, see, I'm poor. That's sad. Oh, that is that is that not a is that not a, a good range? Like I said, I'm not functioning. Absolutely not. 30, 30 to $40. <laughs> that's not a that's not a good range. That's around a golf, man. That's around a golf. See, that yeah. that's where it is. You're young. You don't understand priorities yet. <laughs> that's what that's what's wrong with your generation that's yeah. that's what's wrong with you little kids you just don't understand <laughs> anything and you're just you're just not thinking about it. let me see let's see let's see what a good uh um let's see here's one uh black and decker at walmart for 15 bucks oh see perfect i can do that that's a, uh, that's a little hand- extra and a shake yeah 
So now some good ones obviously are going to be in your 30 to 40 price range. No. Apparently the one that I own is $55. Well, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> that's you're not you only give. a functioning adult, you're a thriving adult. Good I you. didn't realize that that's how much that costs, but again, I'm also <laughs> married um and I don't know many things that get bought for our house, but I know that they work. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so I guess yeah, get a steamer. That'll that'll save you some time. It's a little bit quicker. You don't have to iron. You don't have to wait for that. You just wait for it, and the steam kind of just, it's a lot quicker than an iron getting hotter. So okay. there you go. That's fair. Um, are you ready for me to blow your mind on this one? Please, I need it. Okay. So on your phone, all right, okay. there is an app that's mm-hmm. called the calculator. Okay. I like Pretty simple, right? Yes. Pretty simple. Okay. So say you're typing in something, and you want to type in 8,700 8,789, but you actually type in 8,888. Here's where this goes. Normally, what would you do? I would hit clear and start over again. You don't have to. Hold up. Just got to hold up. There it is. Oh, yo, you just swipe. You just swipe it and it deletes that number. So then you can type 8,789. You just swipe the number. Okay, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. It's a pretty good life hack, yeah. Yeah, because like I mean, every day, like like working at the job that we do, we we calculate our production at the end of the day. Math is and cool. There's been so many times where I've just cleared my calculator. And I've gotten so mad because I'm like, I got to restart. But yeah. Now, okay, that's good. You don't have to now. It. Now it's only when you're typing in. The, there you go. That's only when you're <laughs> typing a number in. So if okay. you've already typed it, added it in, whatever, and you get a final total, you can't just erase the final total. But okay, as yeah. you're typing it in, say you're you know adding 324 plus 4,571, you actually put 4,574. You can move okay. that real quick on that, type the one in, and it doesn't mess up your equation. You don't have to start from scratch. See, that's good. Life hack. That's, that's a good one. Good good job. Good for your, you. Your life is changed, everybody. It is um, my brother commented on this. Uh, he actually shared it and said he was 35 years old and he has no life hacks. So it doesn't get better for you, George. Um, if that's Ooh. where you're looking at, it's not It's not going to get better for you because Cody doesn't have any life hacks either. So maybe <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe it's just me who's looking to... It, it could be this as well. Um, mm-hmm. I am one of those human beings where I want to get things done as quick as possible. I'm not impatient by any means. I'm not an impatient person. Like I can sit there and be patient unless I'm having to wait for food. Uh, and then I'm mm-hmm. very impatient. But if I'm Bad. not like, I want to do things as quick as possible so I can get them done and I can get them like, you know, checked off or get them done. So I can be like, I'm done with this yeah. and move on to something else. That's who I am as a human being. So I can see that's probably why I am someone who appreciates a good life hack. Um, it's completely understandable. Yeah. Um, so I did have a, a friend of mine, um, my good friend, Adam Sherwinski, a uh, okay. meteorologist up in the Illinois area. And he said the proper way to use a strainer. Okay. And so while you're cooking now, normally I was like, well, how do you use strainer? You just kind of put it there and then you pour the water into it. Mm-hmm. The whole reason why you have a strainer is to actually put it into the water belly side, if you will. So the round mm-hmm. side, would go on top of whatever you have in the pan, mm-hmm. and then you tip both together. So nothing falls out around the strainer. Okay. Everything stays in, but the water will come out. 
And you don't have the thing where you're having to pour stuff into the strainer now. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Because I, I, I mean, like like I said, I'm not a functioning member of society. I eat a lot of ramen noodles. There you go. And so I gotta I gotta I use my strainer basically at least like three, four times a week. Or a day. And so like, yeah, I'm gonna steal that. Thank you. You said his name is Adam. My my good friend Adam. Adam, you're the guy. Thank you. Adam's the man. Adam, you are the dude. We know it. Uh, my good friend uh, Jacob uh, commented on it. And he said, uh, he says pretty much just a phone app. He makes a phone app that, uh, or he has a phone app that makes appointments, uh, doctor, dentist, dinner, haircut, whatever it is. It's all on the app. Um, and then uh, um, you kind of uh, get it, the app, put your name on the list. And so you mm-hmm. actually don't actually have to call in and check for availability. It just kind of, Shows you all the things that you do and gets you put on list. I need to know what that all app right. is. Jacob, let us know what the app is. I have an app uh, called Booksy that's kind of like that. Booksy? Booksy. See, yeah, you I, see I that's the thing. You may on. you may have um you may do life hacks that you just think is everyday life, but all of us who are born that's in the true. 90s, we didn't have phones really until we were a lot older than uh, the generation, uh, like your generation. I mean, I granted, we're only like eight years apart from each other, but yeah. still, that's a big difference. You know, uh, you know, the football players on my team, you know, they they like to bring up the fact that they're just like, were iPhones even a thing when you were in high school? Which they were. I just didn't mm-hmm. have one uh, when I was right. in high school because that was the new thing. And my mom was like, you don't need that. And I was like, but everybody <laughs> else has it. And she's like, like you're, good, you're good with what you have. But my best friend, Tyler. Uh, he mm-hmm. did have one. He had one of the very first iPhones. I remember him getting it and me being like, do I need an iPhone? And he was like, yes, yes, you do. I didn't get one though. I didn't get one until I was in college and I could afford my own stuff. And then Fair. I got my, my iPhone and, and, you know, obviously I haven't looked back since then. Um, but yeah, uh, again, everybody, uh, you know, if, if you didn't like the question of the week, it's on me. All right. It's on me. It's okay. Um, I did that. Uh, unfortunately, I, I picked something that you guys didn't like, and it's okay. Um, we'll bounce back. Know, it's all about the bounce back. We'll get better. Uh, like maybe if you fall down, stand back up. Maybe I need to bring back TikTok. You could just make a burner email and just roll with it, because like, aren't you like perma banned? I am permanently banned on TikTok <laughs> for nothing. Let's put that um, out there for nothing. Apparently, I was trying to become famous. And see, they're just trying to censor the the grind. And I was actually just trying to promote my other podcast. And there's a possibility um, from what I've heard from other people who have researched this for me, I possibly could have copyright myself. See, I still don't understand that, though. Like, how do you copyright yourself if you're the source? That's See, what that, I said. that just shows me that TikTok didn't do their due diligence in looking yeah. at where it came from. I even emailed them back and I said, hey, um, I own all this. Mm-hmm. And they said, we'll look into it. And then I got an email back in like four hours and they said, well, unfortunately, we don't believe you or we don't think that you're a real human being or whatever it was. Um, but my heart was broken. Um, mm-hmm. But as Celine Dion would tell you, my heart will go on. Uh, that was a good one. That was a good transition there for it. Um, before we go, I do want to bring up one thing, George, Mm -hmm. there's something that's been crazy going on in your life. And I want you to tell the people about what's been going on in your life. Oh my God. So 
in the Miller Freight Company in Ohio. I'm not going to name drop him, but he's he's my dude. He's been helping me a lot with this. He's the head of the freight company in Ohio. So apparently somebody has been using my name in a portion of my address, but not including the city that I live in. But it's they're including the city that they live in or city in Ohio or something. But the street address is my address. And they've also used my phone number because they're getting in contact with me. But they've ordered not uh, perishable food items from like HelloFresh, Omaha Steaks, all sorts of stuff to this ferry port in Ohio. And so I've been getting harassed by by this ferry company telling me, hey, your delivery's here. You got to come pick this up. And I'm like, hey, bud, I didn't order any of this. And I live all the way in Tennessee. I'm not trekking all the way up to Ohio to get some steaks and HelloFresh that I didn't even order. And so my guy over at Miller Freight Company, he's been very helpful with me, like figuring out, like trying to get the situation resolved. And I didn't hear from him today for the first time in a week. Like he's called me every day, except for today. So I'm hoping all this is resolved. Not but today, checked, Jerry. Not today. Not, to, not today. Not today, man. But I've checked all my cards. Well, I only have one card, but I checked my I've card. checked that card. Yeah, I've checked that card. <laughs> And there's no transaction for anything related to perishable food items that I've ordered from like HelloFresh, Omaha Steaks, whatever. So I'm not getting charged for this. So if someone's trying to steal my identity, they're doing a pretty bad job. So that's been my weird interaction of the week is just the Miller Boating Freight Company, whatever, has been trying to get me to come pick up a package all the way up in Ohio. And I live nowhere near Ohio. And apparently someone is trying to be me. And hey, Props to them for trying to eat healthy because God knows I need to. Yeah. So maybe this is like, maybe this is like one of my friends or like a relative or something that I don't know about. And they're like, Hey, see, by the way, pounds. Yeah. Yeah. A few pounds. You gotta, you might need to watch yourself. By the way, you, uh, if it is, that's hurtful, but it's the reality check that I need. So hello, hello, fresh, um, (laughs) is what you need. Uh, that's what they're telling you is to wake up. Um, yeah, I, I, that story, that story still makes me laugh. Um, cause it's continued. I mean, you told me about it like two weeks ago yes. and then you called me yesterday and you're like, I'm still getting a call from these, or you, you're like, I had my weird interaction for the week. And I was like, and I was like, what are you talking about? And you're like this freight company in Ohio. And I said, you've already told me about this. And you're like, no, it's continued. It yes, hasn't stopped. And I was like, oh no, that's crazy. Um, like, what I is was happening? Getting con- I was getting concerned. Cause I was like, are they going to like, like, is, is this like charge going to hit all at once or something? Like, and I don't know about it, but like, there's nothing pending. There's nothing completed. There's nothing. So I don't know. <laughs> That's where we're at in life. Poor George is going to have to make a trip. We've talked about it. We've talked about it yesterday. We were like, should we fly up to the area? Um, could they we possibly been. get killed if we go up there though? That's what we're worried about more than anything mm-hmm. is who's waiting for us at this port. Um, mm-hmm. So we've we've talked about it, we've thought about it, but uh, I, yeah. I I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah. uh, now again, if the calls I guess continue, eventually we're going to have to make it happen. So uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. If any of you have heard of a scam like this, let us know. Send us an email. All right, you can send please, it schmitty stories at gmail um, If you if you feel more comfortable on social media, putting these people on blast at schmitty stories. Uh, you can also just reach out to George directly. His Twitter handle is at G Holloway 30. You can reach out to George 
uh, personally there. Let them know, hey, I've been in this game before too. Wasn't HelloFresh, didn't get no Omaha steaks. Um, so you can let George know there. Um, I had a, uh, I had a, I did actually have uh, a situation today um, mm-hmm. that developed. I hadn't told you about it. Um, pretty much what happened, uh, I was out working. And I had to, I had a question that I needed to ask the homeowner and I rang the doorbell um, and the person came and, and she said, oh, my husband's on the back porch, just walk through the house and talk to him. Um, so as I go into this house, I realize uh, there is an entire like back patio and in that back patio is about seven dudes sitting there writing stuff down. And I thought maybe I had stumbled into some sort of meeting that I probably shouldn't have been a part of. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, um, I blame myself. I've been watching a lot of the Sopranos lately, and I feel like sure. that's made me um, made me a little bit more um, uneasy when I walked into that room. Granted, it was a bunch of white dudes, uh, mm-hmm. so not a bunch of Italian guys um, from Jersey. However, in that moment, George... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought, uh, I could probably leave there as a made man. Um, but yeah. it, uh, it didn't happen. Um, it was a quick question that was answered. Uh, you know, the older guys, they, they try to rib me a little bit. I didn't give mm-hmm. them too much ground. They were trying to get me to do more work than I was there to uh, do. And I was like, um, if you yeah. open, if you open the pocketbook a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about it. And they didn't want to open the pocketbook. They said, we'll give you 50 bucks. And I said, uh, that needs to be closer to a couple of G's, my friend, if we're going to make this happen. So, thanks, um, thanks. you know, that's that's my that's my work rate. You know what I'm saying? I got to right. I'm going to do more work than I need to. You're going to pay handsomely for it. So with that's that right. being said, uh, George. This week, uh, great, great chance to talk a little NBA, talk a little NHL, got to talk a little college football. Um, we'll start going into a little bit more. Um, when it comes to you know closer to the start of the season, I know some of the we, we some of the camps are starting to start as well in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to probably give some good predictions, or at least try to make some predictions to see how they hold up at the end of the year in the NFL, <laughs> um, and, and what we think teams will finish as, blah blah blah, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go over that in the next few weeks. I want to George George was golfing today um, with the group. Uh, they they golf uh, every Wednesday. I don't I don't know if you're gonna be able to do that anymore. So that's gonna be uh, kind of sad. It's an after yeah. work tradition. So like I don't I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of depends. You, yeah, you might get kicked uh, kicked to the curb, man. Um. So uh. So yeah. But we had talked at one point. Um. If they are willing to pay for the cart that I would drive, I would bring my podcasting kit and we would record me driving around, uh, doing the podcast. Uh, and, and with them. So there's a possibility that we may do a, which wouldn't be live. It'd still be recorded, but mm-hmm. I would drive around and I would ask the golfers questions. Um, probably when they were most angry, I would ask very infuriating every questions. single shot. Yeah. So I would, I would definitely try to really get people pissed off even more um, and just see how that goes. Uh, you know? Um, but yeah, that's my idea. I don't know if it's going to be something I do or not, but uh, yeah, w- it's something we've talked about and discussed here um, amongst us. So who knows? It could happen. Um, so if you're out in a golf course in Clarksville and you hear a lot of people cussing, uh, it could be me <laughs> following them around a golf cart with a microphone, asking them why they are not good at what they're doing. Fair. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's a cool idea. Like talking Schmidt going mobile. Yeah. Like, I think that'd be cool. And like, 
like just getting the perspective from all all of us because like there's only a handful of one. Well, I let me rephrase. There's there's one or two that are like that have that have some really good shots, really good golf game to them, and the rest of us are just hit and miss. Yeah. So uh, em- emphasis on the, the miss. Yeah. But we go out there and we have a good time for about 15 minutes. I you know I've suggested putt putt, never been taken up on the offer. What? I've suggested it. Dude, I I've, play some I've, putt-putt. I've suggested that that's where the golf goes. They don't listen to me. Um, so that, you know, that's why they don't get me. Um, regardless though, George, thank you so much, man, for another great week, man. I'm glad you were able to join me. Don't forget. You can follow us on social media, uh, on Facebook at talking Schmidt on Instagram and on Twitter at Schmitty stories. Um, you can also send us uh, an email if you have any questions, which I didn't check this before we recorded, but okay. You probably didn't email me anyway. Um, but you can email me schmittystories at gmail.com. If you have a question of the week that you'd like us to go, um, if you have any ideas, you can send it to social media, you can send it to the email. Uh, but again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we are close to almost 4,000 total downloads on the talking Schmidt, um, page. Granted, this goes for several years, it's a little bit different. Um, but I want to say we're, we're actually only on year three, technically of me doing, um, talking Schmidt. So, uh, cause this would have started in, I guess we're on year four. This is the fourth year we've had it, uh, cause it started in 2020. So it was 2020, 2021, 22, now 23. So about four years of doing this and to have about a thousand downloads per year. Uh, and again, a lot of that time was taken off. I didn't do a lot of stuff as well. So it could have been, uh, could have been more. Um, but again, uh, thank you guys so much for who, who have been here listening to it and downloading it and, um, just, you know, making it a part of whatever day you're listening to it on. If you listen to it on Thursday when it drops, or if you listen on Friday or you're listening in the car on Saturday or Sunday, whatever it is, um, just thank you guys so much for listening to it and downloading it. Um, this week though, in the books, we're out of here for my good friend, George Holloway. I'm Ethan Schmidt. Thank you so much for listening to another week of talking Schmidt. Thank you.